0: You have blessed us with so many things. You are eternally worthy of worship. Help us to see that more and more. Help us as we look into your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How do you feel about God's blessings? Some of you are probably saying, bring them on, take them. For others, there might be some skepticism. There might be this thought about you that says, well, yeah, I'd like that, but does, does God really do that? Does God really bless us? And although you may very well believe in God, there may be times in each of our souls where we wonder if he's being as good to us as he could be. Some others of you might be extra cautious about God's blessings because there are some Christians out there who do overemphasize God's blessings in such a way that you almost get to picture that the blessings are more about them than they are about God. And certainly there is a sense in which that can be misguided because the blessings of God don't come simply so that we can get a blessing or or certainly not just so that we can get rich. So we do need to have some caution there as we think about God's blessings. However, let me say this. God loves to bless his children. You know, we don't need to be the people at Christmas time who receive a gift from somebody and say, oh, you didn't have to do that. And sometimes people, when they say that, they really mean it. They mean, you should not have done that. And and I don't think that we should take such a view of God that when we receive a blessing that we think, oh, I didn't need that. You know, that, that could have gone to somebody else. Well, pray for that somebody else, but please know that it is our Heavenly Father's heart to give good gifts to his children. And we need to have a proper view of those blessings, and that's what I want to talk about today. God does bless us. What are we supposed to do when we're on the receiving end of those blessings? Well, we're going to look at a psalm today, Psalm 67, that talks about God's blessings and the purpose behind them. Every year around Thanksgiving, I do a sermon series where I walk through some psalms, and every year the idea of this psalm series is that we would take our eyes off of ourselves, off of the world, and and on to God. And and it's not just for for this moment in time that we should do that. That should be the constant posture of our lives, that we're always fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, that we are always giving God the worship that he is worthy of. So this series, I do it every year as a reminder and and as a check on our hearts that, that we would be in the right place to worship God. Now, blessings fit into this really well, because blessings come from God, as a reminder for us to worship Him. And on that note, Psalm 67 is a really good blueprint. So I would like to read Psalm 67. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. Selah. And again, I say this every year uh, pretty much, but that word Selah, we don't know exactly what it means. It might just be a musical note or a time for us to stop and meditate I'll move on. Verse 2. That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. Selah. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So what I want to do now is I want to show you some ways in which God blesses us. And then after that, I want to show you two things that should come as a result of God's blessings on us. Okay? So the first point is simply that God blesses us. It's his character to bless us. Like I said earlier, he is our loving father, and he loves to give good gifts to his children. And right away in verse 1, we see this verse, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Now, one of the things I want to do to you, uh, do to you, uh, how about, uh, uh, you didn't know what you were signing up for today, did you? Uh, one of the things I want to do for you today is I want to show you two really important Old Testament passages that Psalm 7 is based on. And one of them is Numbers 6, 24 to 26. Now, who, who can quote that for me? You know, I bet you all, I bet many of you could, but you didn't know it was from number six. Here it is. I, I didn't know that this is in the Bible, but I grew up in a church where we would say these verses every Sunday. Maybe some of you did that as well. Number six says this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And for me growing up, that's when I knew it was time to go and watch the Vikings game. But um, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. Um, God gave these verses to his people. This was a blessing that God gave to Aaron and Moses. and he, He told them, go and bless the Israelites with this. Do you know why God did that? He wanted his people to know that he is a God who blesses. So I think when the writer of the psalm was writing Psalm 67, I think he was probably thinking about these verses and thinking, God is a God who loves to bless. And as such... Like it says in Psalm 1, May God be gracious to us. That should be one of our prayers, that God would be gracious to us. And then let's look at the uh, last two verses of Psalm 67. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God our God will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. So twice again we see the word bless. And in these verses, the blessings have to do with God allowing the land to yield its harvest and in the Old Testament have you noticed this if you've been reading through the Old Testament ever in your life there's a lot of verses that talk about how God would bless the crops literally the crops the land so that his people as they followed him would receive the blessings of of land it produces but that's in the Old Covenant So, uh, Bible 101 here, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, and the Old Testament, it tells us a lot about the Old Covenant. It mentions the New Covenant a little bit, but then in the New Testament, it tells us a lot about the New Covenant, looking back at the Old Covenant. But how are we supposed to handle this? We are not people who live under the Old Covenant anymore. Jesus came to bring a New Covenant, and we live in that one. So how are we supposed to look back at a verse like this in verses 6 and 7 that talks about the land yielding its harvest? Is that a blessing that we can pick out? Or, or a similar question would be, can we just go anywhere in the Old Testament, pick out a blessing, and say that's for us? Well, probably not. That's probably not the best way to do it. But here, here's how we do it. Just, this, is, this is, again, just Bible 101. When we're reading the Old Testament, what we're really doing is we're learning about the character of God. So what we, what we learn when we see verses like this is that it is God's heart to bless his people and one of the blessings he gave them specifically in the Old Covenant was the blessing of their land yielding its harvest. So we know that that's the character of God. Now we move into the New Covenant and we say, well, what are the blessings for us? We know that we have a God who loves us and likes to bless us. I think those verses from Numbers about God being gracious to us and turning his favor to us are still verses that describe to us who our God is. So what kind of blessings, then, do we have in the New Covenant? Well, I want to spend some time on that. I want to give you a list now of of seven blessings that we see in the New Covenant, blessings that are very much for us. And the first one, and most important, I don't have them all ranked in order, but the, the first one is the most important, and it's the New Testament blessing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if there are any of you in here who don't know that blessing, please know that every single one of us has sinned. We have all offended God. And due to our sin, every single one of us had earned uh, a death penalty, which would have meant eternal separation from God, unless God did something about it. There was nothing that we could do about it. We couldn't say we were sorry enough. We couldn't make it up to God. The, The gap was too wide, and we couldn't cross it. But God did in sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to us. And Jesus lived a perfect life, the only human ever who didn't sin, the only human ever who lived a perfectly righteous life. And when He died on the cross, He not only offered Himself as our sacrifice to take away our sins, but He also purchased for us eternal life. So that anyone who receives Jesus can be completely forgiven, the slate is wiped clean, and we're brought into an eternal relationship with God. That is the number one blessing um, of the Bible. And it leads right into our number two blessing, which they're really connected. So you've heard me say it here before, that the biggest blessing we have in the New Testament is God with us, and it's the biggest blessing because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So really these these first two blessings are really part of the same blessing. But here's the blessing of God with us, that God knows that even though we are sinners, that, that he loves us. And that because he sent Jesus Christ to cleanse us of our sins, that means that we can do our life with him. So in whatever you go through, whether that's a a disease or a sickness or the loss of a loved one or a strained relationship, whatever difficulty you might be going through, please know that God wants to go through it with you if you will seek him by faith in the midst of it. It's an amazing blessing that the God of the universe cares about us so much that, that he not only watches over us, I think that that's maybe the, the view that a lot of people have of who God is, that he watches over us, but it's more than that. He's with us. He's our constant companion as we, we go through this life, and he will strengthen us for whatever he allows to come our way. We're getting closer to Christmas, and let us just remember that the, the name given to Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. As God sent his son, he wanted us to know not just that our sins would be forgiven, that's what the name Jesus implies, the Lord saves is what the name Jesus means, but also it's the name Emmanuel, God is with us. It's an amazing blessing. May we walk around in it. And then let's just walk through a few more. These these next five are just kind of in um, no ranked order really. But Number three, the fruit of the Spirit. God will bless us with Like it says in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You think about that list, and those are things that the world wants. Think about that. Love, joy, peace. Who doesn't want those things? Yet let's just take peace, for example, and think about how badly the world does at it. We could think about all the wars that we see. How many wars are going on right now? I don't know. Um, Or you think about things like divorce or or any relationship that would get strained. And and we see that we humans do not do a good job at peace. But God will give us peace as we keep in step with the Spirit, as we live by the Spirit. As we follow Jesus Christ by faith, He will produce that fruit of the Spirit in us. It's not up to ourselves to produce it. Now, if, if we see that it's lacking, we can go to God and ask Him, But it's not we ourselves who produce it. It is God who produces the fruit of the Spirit in us as we follow him. And it's an amazing blessing. Here's another one. Contentment. Now, again, in contrast with the rest of the world, the the world is almost never content, right? The world always wants more and more and more. And, And without God, that would be our natural inclination, just to seek more and more and more for ourselves. But in Christ we can have contentment. And the Apostle Paul was a great example of this. He said in Philippians that he knew both what it was to have plenty and to be in want, yet he learned the secret of being content in every situation. And it's because he knew that God who would give him strength in the midst of it. And that blessing is for us as well, that we can be content with whatever we have, trusting that God will take care of us and be with us. Another blessing in the New Testament is the blessing of making disciples. Now, this one might seem a little bit strange at first because it might seem more like a job than a blessing. But I've heard so many people say it that I think that there's a part of every single one of us that knows. Every one of us who knows Jesus knows that one of the most important things that we can be doing is to help other people know Jesus and to grow in their faith. And in John 15, Jesus told his followers that they would bear much fruit if they remained connected to Jesus. In a couple other places, Jesus talked about the harvest and he said that we could pray to the Lord of the harvest and that we could do our work in the, in the harvest and see that crop come in. God will strengthen us to do our part in making disciples. Then blessing number six is the fellowship of believers. It would be fun to just hear stories about how you all have felt the blessing of the fellowship of believers. In fact, maybe that's something you should do today as you're talking with each other. Just share with each other how the, the, the fellowship of believers has been a blessing in your life. Have you ever noticed, and, and I've noticed this, traveling halfway across the world with, without knowing many people, and then you meet believers, and all of a sudden there's this instantaneous connection that we have because of who Jesus Christ is. That our... Friends that we can call us here at church actually become family in a way. And I know, I've heard stories of how that really happens. That it's, it's not just that we each show up here separately and then go on our own way. It's that there are family bonds in this room because of what Jesus Christ has done. It's a blessing of the fellowship of believers. And then no list would be complete without this last one here, the New Testament blessing of heaven. We live in an imperfect world, but God will fix the problem he has promised to take his children to be with him forever to live in the perfect place with him so when we look at Psalm 67 and we're reminded of the God who blesses us let's remember that he is a God who pours out every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ on us it may not be fast cars and big mansions but it will be something that is far more satisfying to our souls So what should we do when we recognize that we have been blessed by God? With the rest of my sermon, I now want to share with you two things that should happen as a result of these blessings that God gives to us. And and the first one of those is that we should praise God. So that's my second point today, is that we should praise God. Verse 3 says, May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. And then verse 5 says the same thing. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. This word for praise is the same word that we saw last Sunday in Psalm 107. It's the word that means to throw something. And I said that we should heap praises on God. I used the analogy last Sunday of how at big figure skating events that when a a figure skater does her routine then her fans at the end of it will throw flowers onto the ice as as a way to to thank her or to applaud her. And, And that's like us. We are to be the people when we see what God has done for us we should throw our praises at him. I think that's what this word kind of means. So God has given us many blessings and our response should be to praise him. God blesses us we should praise him. That should be the never-ending pattern of our lives. But is it? Uh, Boy, we we have all fallen short of that, right? We have all received good gifts from God at times and failed to see Him as the giver of that gift or failed to return that blessing into praise to Him. So let me say it again. What should be the pattern of our lives is that God blesses us and we praise him. And if that's not always the pattern of your life, like it's not always the pattern of my life, it just means that we have something more to learn about God and our relationship with him. And that's okay. But here's how it can work. We should be increasingly aware of the blessings that God gives us. That's why I walked through seven of those blessings in my first point today. That if we see any of those blessings, we should praise God. And if we're not good at seeing those blessings, we should probably be reading his word more and learning about how he wants to bless us. And as we see those things coming true in our lives, we should not assume that those gifts were given just for our own benefit, just for us to enjoy. Instead, we should recognize that because God gave us those gifts, he is worthy of praise. I like this. In Philippians 4.8, it says, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's a command from God that we're supposed to think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Why do you think we're commanded to do that? Well, I think it reminds us to do at least three things. For one, this is great. Uh, maybe this is what one of you needs to hear today. We are given permission not to dwell on negative things. That I think that so many of us humans uh, just kind of gravitate towards the negative and, and wallow there. But this verse actually commands us to think about things that are excellent or praiseworthy. So we can do that. And as we're doing that, we're reminded that God does excellent and praiseworthy things for us. Again, the list of seven, and there's many more blessings. We can think about those things. And then the third thing, as we're thinking about those things, we should rejoice in God. This passage in Philippians 4 starts off with a double command to rejoice. So again, we see the blessings that God has given us, and we turn them into praise to God. Yet how often do we short-circuit that cycle by not praising God. We recognize the good gifts that God gives and we should praise Him. He receives glory. And I think one thing that happens for us is that we get joy. As we're commanded to rejoice, I think God actually fills us with joy, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So let's praise God when we see the blessings He gives us. Now, this kind of reminds me of something that John Piper has said, and that uh, Brian Carlson would probably remind me of if I didn't say it, so I'm going to say it. That God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Do you see how that works? That God loves to give us good gifts, and when He gives us those good gifts, we're supposed to enjoy them, but not only enjoy them, we're also supposed to praise Him. That's how it's supposed to work, this non-stopping wonderful cycle of blessing and praise we receive blessing we give praise to God application here what blessings can you praise God for let me just quickly run through the list I mentioned in my first point a a partial list of blessings that God gives in the new covenant the gospel, God with us the fruit of the spirit contentment, making disciples fellowship with other believers, and heaven. Have you experienced any of those blessings? Or it could be other blessings. It could be that God has very specifically in your life met a need that you had, or or brought healing to you, or brought peace or joy or comfort to you. All of those things are things that God does for us because he loves us, and he likes to give good gifts to us. And he gives us promises that he will fulfill. Let's respond with grateful hearts, giving praise and thanks and honor and glory to God. So is that the regular pattern of your life? Or do you, like me, need to grow in this? Do you, like me, need more than just one sermon series every year to remind your heart to be thankful? I feel like I need this reminder every day. That again, our, it's so easy for us to get tempted for some reason to dwell on the negative. And why would we do that? Isn't that ridiculous when we think about it? That God has given us permission to think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy, yet so often we go to the negative. Let's instead, when we find ourselves going there, turn our eyes to God and remember that we have so many things to be thankful for and let's praise Him. Let's be intentional about that. And here's a quick note on how one, one specific way that we can praise God from Psalm 67. Uh, this psalm is a song. I want to read for you the superscript or you might call it the title or the introduction. You know those, those little words uh, before verse 1 in your Bible? Those are actually part of Scripture. Okay? It's, it's not just like the editor of your Bible has put those in there for you. This is actually part of Scripture. Let me read it for you. For the director of music, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. What does that tell us? It tells us that they wrote this psalm so that the people would sing it to God in praise. God likes it when we sing to Him. I used to think it was strange to sing in church. I used to think, why all these people, many of whom have bad voices, including myself, why do we all sing? You know why we do it? Because God likes it. God likes it when we come to Him in song. And... Songs have a way of of teaching us things that we might not remember otherwise. All you need to do is think about commercial jingles in order to know that for sure. But uh, there are parts of theology that we learn as we sing songs, and singing these praise songs specifically to God is a great way to remind ourselves to praise. So think about, in our day and age of technology, think about all the various options you have at your fingertips for you to be able to access praise music. Maybe we should be doing that more often. We should all be finding more ways to incorporate praise to God into the regular routine of our our lives. Okay, but then there's one more thing from Psalm 67 that should happen as a result of all the blessings God gives us, and it's my last point for today. May all the peoples praise God. Let me just walk through some of these verses again and show you this connection. Verses 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. A lot. So those are the things that happen for us. But look at verse 2, the result here. That your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. Verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. Again, I love, whenever this word, sing for joy, shows up in the Psalms, I love that one. That's what we should do. And the nations should do it too. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. And then verse 7. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Or, like it said in both verse 3 and verse 5, may all the peoples praise you. One theologian I read this week said that Psalm 67 has a missionary outlook to it. And here's how it works. God blesses us. For those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, God pours out spiritual blessings on us. And the people around us are supposed to see those blessings and recognize that God is the giver of those good gifts. And as a result, they may come to know his ways and his salvation, and they may fear him. So did you know that? Part of the reason that God blesses you might be because of God has a bigger purpose in mind of shining his light to the nations. And then when they come to know him, they are to join with us in this never-ending cycle of praising God when they receive his blessings. So that cycle that's never supposed to stop in us, we receive blessings from God and we praise him, that cycle is to be multiplied throughout the earth in all people now I mentioned earlier that I wanted to show you two Old Testament passages that Psalm 67 is based on the first one was number 6 now I want to show you the second one it's from Genesis 12 it's what I call the most important passage in the Old Testament Uh, and I want to read it for you now it's God speaking to Abram Abram just a few chapters later would get his name changed to Abraham so it's the same guy verses 1-4 through The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him. Now I want you to notice in verse 2, that God would bless Abram, and Abram was then to be a blessing. And we see then in verse 3, the purpose of all this, all peoples on earth will be blessed through Abram. So the blessings of God were to flow to Abram and then through him to all the nations. And let's think about two specific ways that happened in the Old Testament. This is pretty interesting, because you see it everywhere in the Old Testament. Kay? You see foreigners interacting with God's people, and there's, there's two different ways that they would interact with God's people. One, they would be mean to God's people, and God would do like he said he would do here in Genesis 12, would often send curses on them. That's why we see God's enemies getting punished so often in the Old Testament. But there's another way that this works. In the Old Testament, when foreigners would humble themselves before God and treat God's people well, they would receive a blessing. One specific example, Rahab. Uh, Was she a a God-fearer? She was a pagan prostitute living in the city of Jericho. Now, the way it worked was that God delivered his people out of Egypt, and it was this amazing thing, and the nations heard about it. So when Israel came up to Jericho and started to set their camps against Jericho, Rahab was like, I don't want to stand against God and his people. So when the Israelites sent the spies into Jericho, Rahab's like, I'm going to be on their side. She took in the spies, she helped them out, and then sent them safely on their way. And what did God do for Rahab when the city of Jericho was completely destroyed, everything in it, except for Rahab and her family? So to see how this works, the, the people of the nations are blessed as they interact with God's people, and we can be a blessing to them. But then there's a a second very specific way that these blessings of Genesis 12 come through Abram to all nations, and it has to do with the gospel with Jesus Christ. Because the great, 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 skip a few generations, great-grandson of Abraham is Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, anyone who puts their faith in Jesus will be blessed eternally. But how does that happen? How do the nations receive that blessing? Well, let's take a closer look at Psalm 67 to see how this can happen. There's a very interesting connection in verses 1 and 2. God blesses his people in verse 1 with the result in verse 2 that the nations know God's God's ways and his salvation. So think about that. Again, God's blessings may come to you for the purpose of other people seeing that he is the God of all and that they might come to know him. It's very similar to what goes on in verses 6 and 7. Again, these would be very awesome blessings for God's people, but the the purpose doesn't just end with them receiving a blessing. It goes on in verse 7 that all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's not just about us. We receive blessings in our lives that other people might see that God is the God of blessing. And just like Abram, we are blessed to be blessed a blessing to those around us. May the nations see how good God is as they see what he has done in our lives. May all the people see us radiating with joy because of who God is. You see, the nations might not be seeking God, but when God's light reflects off of us, they might see it. And that might be how your neighbor or your co-worker or your family member comes to know the Lord, by seeing your joy by seeing God's blessings in your life, by seeing you praise God for what he's done. Now, as a church, that means that our praise and worship has another important purpose. It's not just for the purpose of praising God. It's also evangelistic, that if some seekers come in here and they see us praising God, they might say, wow, God is really among you. And they might come to know Jesus. So there are, there are lots of reasons that God blesses us, but don't miss this one. Part of our witness comes as we live radiant lives in the blessings of God. And as we give God praise for the things that he has done for us, it might help our gospel witness. Now, you've maybe heard it said that uh, perhaps the worst gospel witness that we could have is if we live as hypocrites. That if we say that we believe in Jesus Christ, yet live like we don't know him, People will look at us and say, I don't want anything to do with you or your message. But the reverse is true. If we live in this cycle of receiving blessings from God and giving Him praise, that can be one of the best witnesses that we have. We can shine with the light of God. God wants to guide the nations of the earth, like it says in verse 4 of our psalm today. And part of the way that they will know His guidance is as they see us following God. May we shine as lights. So application question here. How can you shine as a light in this world? How can you let the world know about God's blessings? I have a challenge for you here this week. I want to give you an assignment for you to do this week. I want you to, as you're becoming more aware of the blessings that God has poured out in your life, I want you to think about how you can share those blessings with somebody who maybe doesn't know Christ yet. I want you to think about some, somebody who, who may be a non-Christian and they know you and think about how you can tell them one of the ways that God has blessed you. Just for them to get a little taste of God's goodness. In the Psalms it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe they'll know God's goodness as they see God's goodness poured out in your life and as you tell them about it. I think that's part of the plan here. I think that that's how God has intended for his message to go out from us to the world. That's not the entirety of it, but that's a part of it. Then let me conclude with this. Our world runs better when we praise God for his blessings. Now, that's not a campaign slogan for me. Um, You can ask Pastor Josh about his 2020 campaign slogan. Uh, This this could be one, but I didn't think of this as some sort of political let's get our world to run better sort of a thing. I just noticed as I'm reading Psalm 67 that, that things both in our lives and in the world do run better when we praise God. And there's three ways that this happens, following my three points. First of all, God blesses us. He loves to bless us. It's for his glory to give good gifts to his children. And they are for us to enjoy. But we should never assume that those blessings have come just for our own benefit. Because the second way that this world runs better is that when we receive blessings from God, we are to praise Him for those blessings. And this is where I want us all to get really good at seeing the blessings that God pours out into our lives and to turn those into praise. Uh, We sung about that today, right? Uh, Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. That's a good line. And may this always be the the pattern of our lives. Ever increasingly, that we would become more aware of what God is doing and that we would, in response, give God more praise and glory. And then finally, the world runs better when we praise God because the nations see his goodness and they come to know his ways and his salvation. This has been part of God's pattern for a very long time, at least all the way back to Abram in Genesis 12. God blesses us that we might be a blessing to those around us. So it's good for our souls to praise God. He receives glory when we praise him and the nations might come to know him as we live in that kind of a relationship with God. May all the peoples praise God. Would you pray with me? Father, we have so many things to be grateful for as we think about the blessings you have poured out on our lives. And we just come before you right now and in our hearts, God, we say thank you. We praise you because you are worthy. You are the giver of good gifts. Thank you for allowing us to experience many of those good gifts. But God, help us never just to receive those gifts and forget you. Help us, when we receive those gifts, to turn in praise to you. And God, as we live in that kind of a relationship with you in that never-ending cycle of praising you for the good things you give us, I pray that the, the nations would see, that the nations would come to fear you and to know your ways and your salvation. I pray that all the peoples would praise you, God, because you are worthy. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. But God, as part of that, we thank you that you bless us, and and we pray that you would continue to pour out those blessings that you have told us you will pour out on us, and that we would live in joy, and that we would live with grateful hearts, always praising you. May all the peoples praise you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.